Welcome to the Ottawa University Chi Alpha Podcast. What do you mean test it? It is testing. Now I'm being testy. That sounded really mean. Don't test the microphones and say, just and sound testy. That's never, ever good. But this idea of making the simple complicated. We're actually going to have a conversation tonight about talking with Jesus. The next three weeks, we're just going to talk about prayer. And this is an important conversation to have. Because the disciples who walked and talked with Jesus, and I've used this illustration before, but the disciples who walked and talked with Jesus for three full years, they saw him do amazing things. If you were walking and talking with somebody, and he more than once brought a dead person who was dead and is now living, that would cause you to think, this guy is different than most of my other friends. If there's a blind guy and he does stuff and the blind guy can now see, this guy's different from my other friends. If there's a guy who's crippled from birth, he can't walk and Jesus prays over him or whatever, and all of a sudden he can walk, this guy's different than all of my other friends. I did some more research about this wonderful disease called leprosy. And leprosy had no cure at the time it does now as a bacterial infection. And apparently it deadened your nerve endings. And so when you got cut or when you got scraped or whenever something happened to you, you didn't go clean it because you couldn't feel it. And so that got infected. And that's why parts of your body would fall off because you got infected in these cuts and stuff. Isn't that a lovely sounding disease? But then if Jesus heals these people, an incurable disease, and all of a sudden they're healed, he's different from your friends. The disciples saw all of these things happening, and yet the one question, the one thing throughout all four Gospels that they ask Jesus, Jesus, teach us to do something. You would have thought, Jesus, teach us how to make five loaves and two fish to where we can tear it apart and feed 5,000 people. That's a cool trick. People will love me. But what they did was they said, Jesus, will you, will you teach us to pray? There's something about the way you talk to the Heavenly Father, to the Creator. It's like you know Him. Will you, will you teach us to do that? And so Jesus did. But tonight we're not going to necessarily go into um, that particular prayer. We'll do that in the next couple of weeks. But making the simple complicated. Man, we are great at this. We are great at making really simple things complicated. Let's just talk about prayer, because we could talk about all sorts of stuff. Of This should be a simple task, but let's make it complicated. Prayer is one of those things that we think is a super complicated, super like only somebody who's really close to Jesus can do. And the thing about having this title reverend before my first name, I get asked to pray a lot <laughs> at all sorts of functions. In this room this summer, this whole room, we as a staff did a wonderful thing called Alice Training. <laughs> Hurrah. Um, but we did this wonderful thing called Alice Training and stuff like that. And we were, the whole staff of Auto University was up here in this room. And Dr. Reg goes, hey, reverend. And he points at me, he goes, will you pray for us real quick? And I'm like, it's Dr. Reg. The dude's preached more times than I have in my entire life. The dude loves Jesus. He could have done it himself, but he's like, Rev, 
because that's what he calls me now, by the way, which is so exciting. Uh, but Rev, will you pray? And so I'm like, okay. And I showed up because it was Alice training. I didn't show up looking like a pastor, which I normally almost never do at this campus anyway. But I was in like athletic shorts and a t-shirt with a hat on backwards. I'm like, take the hat off and let's pray real quick. Um, I was not prepared for this. Like that was the, that was the feeling. And then in that moment, I felt this, almost this conviction Like, what do you mean you're not prepared for this? Now, there have been times where I've had conversations with my lovely wife where I've thought the same thing. I'm not prepared for this conversation. (laughs) There are times I'm sure she has thought he is not prepared for this conversation. (laughs) We had one today. Anyway, um, (laughs) but these conversations... We sometimes have this thought that we're not prepared for these conversations, just like sometimes we think we're not pre- prepared to pray. If, if I've had that thought, not that the Holy Spirit was convicting me in the sense that he was like making me or trying to make me feel bad, it was like, why would you not be ready to talk to me? Like that kind of argument or that kind of thought. And not that it wasn't a convicting thought in the sense of I felt shame or guilt in that moment, but it was more of a convicting thought like, Dang, I need to talk to Jesus. Prayer, well, I forgot that one. Kevin Malone has a wonderful, if you guys don't watch The Office, I'm not saying you should, but this is an excellent example of making the simple complicated. Why say lot word when few do trick? (laughs) Anyway. Talking with Jesus is what we're going to be doing, but prayer is profoundly simple and simply profound. There are a lot of theologians that will tell you, that will say things about prayer, talking about how incredible prayer is. The same guy, Leonard Ravenhill, who said this, is also talking, He, I'm, I'm currently reading a, a book, and he's talking about preaching. And a lot of times, like if I were to ask you, what's, what's like one of the big things to do to, to be a Christian or to like really so people can know that you love Jesus. And oftentimes, maybe you wouldn't say this out loud, but there's this idea of like, well, if somebody's preaching, then they probably really know Jesus. You know what I mean? Like you've been to churches and like, if there's somebody preaching, then they probably really, really know Jesus. And something Leonard Ravenhill says is that preaching affects time and yet prayer affects eternity. Prayer, talking with Jesus, affects eternity. And that's in all of us. Now, I'm going to hopefully convince everybody in this room before the end of the night that prayer is something you can do. Now, I may not get all the way to the spots of, like, how exactly should I pray? So come back the next two weeks. (laughs) Ha ha ha. It's like the 2B Continued series. It's so much fun. Anyway, wrong way. Relationship without communication is not relationship. And this is, again, not to be a convicting statement or a convicting question that I'm about to ask, but something that I want you to think about and ask yourself, when was the last time you prayed? If the answer is never, I'm not trying to be condemning or showing you shame, but if the answer is never, then there is no relationship with Jesus. Many years ago, there was a football player for Notre Dame, and he got outed. Thank you, social media. 
but he got outed. He had this girlfriend that he thought was awesome, and it ended up being that the girl actually didn't exist. It was, oh yeah, it was terrible. It was, it was terrible. He got me fun of hardcore. But the girl didn't exist. He, he was, yeah, that was, that was bad. But he thought he had a conversation because he was having, or he thought he had a relationship because he had a conversation online. I don't understand the whole thing, but it was hilarious. Like, we're like, <laughs> but this is the same thing. This is the same thing that's going on. If we claim that we are followers of Jesus and yet we've never talked to him, I can claim to be married. You can be, claim to be in a relationship, but you've never talked to the person that you're in a relationship with. Like that's like middle school stuff. You're like I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry her. You don't even know what marriage is. First off, you're 14, but you've never talked to that girl or any other girl for that matter. That was me. Um, so <laughs> it is what it is. But relationship without communication is not relationship. Then we have this in John fifteen five. Yes, this is an important verse. We're going to come back to it. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do some stuff. Oh, that's how it says. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then Jesus says, or the, the, the word of God says this in Psalm 193 or 139. I just... Totally read that backwards. 139, 17, and 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Another one, Psalm 86, 15. But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. We've got one more. Two more, actually. Isaiah 54, 10. For the mountains may move and the hills may disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. This is God speaking to man in this moment, not man speaking to God. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Every single one of those verses is God's relationship to man and not man's relationship to God. God is calling again and again and again. I haven't snapped all semester, by the way. This is the first time in one of my sermons I've done it, and I did it 17 times. Okay, stop it. Stop with the clapping. But every single one of these verses that we just every single one of these verses that we just read is God's idea of humanity. He deeply loves us, and He deeply cares about us. And then yet, most of the time when we're asked to pray, or when we even think about prayer, we're like, I, mm, I can't really talk to God because, well, I've done a lot of stupid things, or I don't know how to do it. Some of you, that may be your legitimate answer, like, I, I don't know how to do it. I didn't know how to talk to girls. And somehow I learned. I'm married and stuff. Um, something happened. I don't know. I was tricked. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't. She would. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but that relationship has to, it took place somehow. Because for the first, I don't know, several weeks that I knew her, I did not talk to her. Not because I didn't want to. Because I didn't know how. Right? You see a God who is loving. You see a God who is compassionate. A God who is slow to anger. A God who is full of unfailing love. 
even though the mountains and the hills disappear, his love for you will remain. There's nothing that you can do that can separate, that you can, there's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from his love. No matter your past, no matter your history, no matter what you did two hours ago before you coming to Chi Alpha, no matter what took place previous this moment can separate you from God's love. Now, just because you can't separate yourself from God's love still doesn't mean you have a relationship with Him. You still have to talk to Him. God loves you all day long. We just read several verses. There's a lot of them, by the way, that talk about God's love for you. But just because God loves you doesn't mean you have a relationship with Him. You have to communicate with one another. You have to talk. He's trying to talk to you through this lovely book. And if you're like, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I will encourage you to pray over the next few minutes, I hope. So in Genesis 3, we're going to go back to Genesis because, I don't know, it's fun. We actually read part of this story a few weeks ago. But this is after Adam and Eve took one of the pieces of forbidden fruit, whatever it may be. They've already had the conversation with the devil and all <laughs> the devil. Um, <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Whoa. Um, that's already taken place. They have felt shame, like a deep sense of shame. And then they went and tried to hide. We talked about this a couple weeks ago too. Not only so, but then they tried to use fig leaves to cover themselves which I don't know if any of you have tried to use a fig leaf to cover yourself or to make clothes out of any kind of leaf, even if it's a, a hair tie. I don't know. It doesn't work well. Not great. So they're hiding. And then we're catching up to the story here. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, talking about Adam, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? So we're going to look at three different lessons that we can get from this small portion of Scripture. Now, when I say this small portion of Scripture, it's also backed up by the rest of God's Word. All the several verses that we read about God's love for us. So if somebody were to, now this would obviously be weird if somebody did this, but if every single day somebody came up to you who you didn't know, who you haven't talked to yet, but was like, I love you. <laughs> yeah, already. You're like, well, it's a little uncomfortable. And then tomorrow they come up to you and be like, you, you are stunning. Kaylin over here is already like, dude, this is weird. Um, <laughs> Kaylin, you're a beautiful man. Um, then, then after lunch, that, that person found you and was like, I, I am so in love with you. It would be weird. It would be weird. But, okay, that would be weird in human standards if you didn't know that person. So this is God that we're talking about. Over and over and over and over again in this Bible, he says, I love you. Over and over and over again, he says, I adore you. 
over and over and over again, he says, I want to be with you. Over and over and over again, he says, I want you to be in my presence. This isn't, by the way, for his sake. I want that relationship with you. Let me tell you that no matter what happens, you cannot remove yourself from my love. Though the mountains and the hills disappear, I'm still there. Though your world crumbles around you, I'm still there. But as we talked about earlier, without communication, there can be no relationship. So if there's no communication on our part, then there's no relationship with Jesus. So we have to communicate. We have to pray. So there's our why. But let's look at some things from just this last portion of Scripture. This first one is this. You may have a lot of resources, but you only have one source. Adam and Eve thought they had all of the resources they could possibly have. They had all the food they could ever need. They apparently, in their brains, in this moment, thought they had all the clothing they could ever need. We got fig leaves, y'all. We'll sew them together. We'll figure it out. Um, But they thought they had all of these resources. So much so, they thought their resources could allow them to hide from God. Like, I have so much, and this is no different than how we treat God today. Oftentimes, even in Scripture, it tells us it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because we lean on these resources. These resources can be a crutch. Not that money is a bad thing, okay? Money's not a bad thing. The love of money, yes, money is not. But we have these things that we like to lean on because we think we have this resource, but then we ignore the source. We think that we can find love in this manner, and yet we ignore the author of love. Like, listen, love is not something he invented. Love is something that is his character. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Okay, but you may have a lot of resources, but you only have one source. Adam and Eve thought they had all these different resources that they could lean on. Suddenly, God was kind of out of the picture for them. So they tried to figure out stuff all by themselves. And we can can read Scripture, and we can look back on Genesis chapter 3 and be like, that was really kind of a dumb move. Why are you using fig leaves? There had to have been something else you could have used. Also, you're by yourselves. Who cares? All right, the second one is this. Prayer is not about what you do, but whose you are. That's one of the things that we like to look at when it's like, hey, should I pray? Should I not pray? Whatever. Because we, we, we think that the words that come out of our mouth like, can control God's love for us or can control God's power over us and how much he cares for us. Like that's... That's silly. Now, if Bree and I were to get into an argument, there are things that I can say and there are things that she can say. It doesn't affect our love for each other, but in that moment, it definitely affects how we feel towards each other. <laughs> but eventually, because we're in a committed relationship, it's like, okay, we've got to figure this out. We've got to work this out, what's going on, and we can come back together and figure that out. That's a human relationship. 
And yet Adam and Eve thought that it was about them. They thought it was about the words that they could say, the stuff that they could do. I, you know, God, we hid because we were afraid. Afraid of what? What are you afraid of? Prayer is not about what you do, but whose you are. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Let me read that again. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. If standing up and preaching and coming up with, I don't know, awesome slides or something or or words to throw up on a screen, that affects time. So the things that even I'm saying now just affects time and just the people here. We record maybe... Uh, with with our podcast, other people will have the option to hear. I know, especially when you guys travel, some of you listen to that podcast. Long after all of us are gone from this earth, people could or could potentially go back and listen. So there is some possibility of the words that I'm saying could affect more time. But but what? That's great. But if if I pray, that moves heaven. On earth, if I speak with Jesus, then it, he has communion with me and I have communion with him. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that when they pray, it's just like there is something different about what, when they speak. There are a few people in my life, my grandpa was one of them, when he would pray, there was something different. And when he would pray, it was like, this, this guy has an intimate knowledge with the creator of the universe. Uh, the pastor I had growing up, Pastor Hollis, the same thing. There were oftentimes, it wasn't even praying. I could tell you where he was laying down. He was on the platform, but he was behind this little wall thing, and it would just be, it just his heart was so heavy, it would just literally be groaning. And then I had a professor in college, and he was so... Oftentimes when we pray, we try to come up with these great words or these great statements to say. Um, there are there's prayers that are written down that you could Google them. It's like, oh, that's a good prayer. I'm going to pray that one. But there's something about him that he, would, he could just stand up in front of class. And when he, he began to speak, it's like he knew God was there. I challenge you this. This is why every this is why at the beginning of every Chi Alpha we try to pause for a moment or 30 or whatever and meditate on the fact that God is here. If you were to do that in your dorm room whenever your world is falling apart the relationship you have is crushed or whatever, the um, stuff with your family is going sideways, stuff with your schoolwork is going crazy, all this stress is just piled on top of you. If you were to pause for a moment and you were even to say out loud, God is here, that would change the atmosphere of your dorm room. So application, number one is this, talk. How do you pray? Talk. Just talk. 
Now, something that I've had students do for, for years, when I was a youth pastor, I had them do this then. Um, I've had them, uh, one of our first Chi Alphas uh, here on campus five years ago, we were in the meditation chapel, all eight of us, or however many it was, um, and we just, I was like, here's some paper, and write down your prayer. If you do not know how to pray, if you have never prayed, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Get some paper, not your phone, because your phone is a distraction. Um, there is no chance, okay, this is for me personally, maybe you could figure this out, but for me personally, if I'm trying to write a note, if I'm trying to text Jesus, if I'm trying to write a note in my phone, I'm going to be like, yeah, oh, that's good stuff. I wonder what Instagram has, you know, oh, what if, I need to, I need to look up uh, this word in the thesaurus so it sounds better because Jesus doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but if you were to get some paper and a pen or pencil and you were to write down a prayer, it also keeps you focused on that prayer. But same thing as talking. Because we also want to begin this process of having a relationship with the Creator. You can't have a relationship without talking. So let's talk. Let's talk. Whether that's handwritten, whether no matter what that is, even if it's in your room and you don't know what to else to say other than God, you're here. And if that's in that moment of doubt and of not wondering or just wondering what's going on, it's like, is God here? You can even pray that prayer. God, are you here? I learned a wonderful prayer in Albania in sign language. Go figure, it's American sign language. That we learned in Albania. Anyway. All right. This is really weird to do with a microphone. Thumb is up. Hand is underneath. Okay. Your bottom hand comes up to your fist. Help. <laughs> Help. Okay. Ready? And then your finger with the thumb up in the air. Amen. So, help. Amen. That could be your whole prayer. If you want it to be, it's very possible. <laughs> it, help, Amen. Like if that's how you want to, and if that's how you want to pray, like I don't know what to say. God speaks sign language. Yeah, He does. I'm sure of it. <laughs> God can understand you. So God, help, Amen. I guess. Like there are so many prayers throughout scriptures of people going, man, I. God, if you're real, will you, will you help me see that? If you don't know if God is real, if you don't know if Jesus is real, I challenge you every single morning for this week, every time you wake up, Jesus, if you're real, show me. Jesus, if you're real, will you show me? To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Acknowledgement of the source. Because there, you can look up a bunch of fun quotes on prayer. Like Gandhi said some cool stuff, and a bunch of other people that are not Christians said some cool stuff. Um, but it, I'm assuming in prayer, if you're in this room, then the idea of prayer is you want to talk to the creator of the universe. 
Okay. Uh, the idea of prayer is you want to talk to the creator of the universe. Uh, that, that's the whole point. You, just sending thoughts and prayers. What in the world does that mean? Okay, please, 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 if you're on social media, never type that to somebody. Because I'm going to look at that and go, oh, sending thoughts and prayers. Actually pray for them. Do it. You know what? I don't know how to pray for you. I've never done it before, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hand like this, and and you can show them how to pray in sign language. It would be awesome. Help. Amen. But acknowledgement of the source. If one of the problems that we have is not recognizing who the source is, or we like to lean on our own resources instead of the source, then we have to acknowledge who the source is. I can't acknowledge the source being to be one with the universe, because what in the world does that mean? And I'm not trying to be degrading or demeaning to other religions or other whatever, but here's the thing. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is nobody, you cannot come to the Father except through him. There is no other way. There's no other way. It is a one-way, one-lane road. That sounds difficult, I know. But don't all roads lead to heaven? No. That's silly. That's like saying, going out here to Cedar, if you turn left, I can get to all of your homes. So if you're like, I live in Brown, I'm going to get there eventually, even though Cedar ends at 15th, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> Oops. Acknowledgement of the source. Oops, wrong direction. There we go. John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Um, one of the illustrations that I wanted to save until next week, but I'm not going to, I'm going to use it this week. Genesis, or Genesis, Galatians chapter 5. If you've been around the Bible or anything like that, Galatians chapter 5 is where we have this idea of the fruit of the Spirit. And oftentimes like, okay, this is the fruit that we're looking for. What's really fascinating, what's really interesting is if you look at that Galatians chapter 5, where it says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's not just fruit that comes out of a Christian or out of somebody following Jesus. That is, again, the character of who God is. If you want love in your life, ask Jesus because it's his character. If you want joy in your life, ask Jesus because it's his character. If you want peace in your life, ask Jesus because it's his character. If you want patience, do not ask because he will give you the opportunity to learn how to be patient. Okay, just kidding. If you want patience, ask Jesus because it's his character. If you want to be kinder to people, if you want your words to not suck when you're talking to somebody else, ask Jesus because kindness is his character. If you want to be good and have goodness, ask Jesus because it's his character. I have to go through the verse all in my head right now so I don't forget one of them. Gentleness. If you want to be gentle... <laughs> you want to learn to be gentle with people, with your professors, with your roommates, with those, those people, 
yeah. those people. Ask Jesus because gentleness is his character. Faithfulness. Y'all, this world needs people who are willing to be faithful. I'm not saying you've got to be faithful to your team or whatever else like that. I'm talking about being actually faithful to God. Like, God is the source and provides all of your resources. So I'm going to choose to be faithful to Him, even if that means it could be damaging to some of my resources. That's a tough one. Finally, self-control. If I need self-control, I need to ask Jesus for self-control because it's His character. It's not something that He learned how to do. It's just something that He is. So we need to talk. This is as far as I get to go tonight, but we get to talk. If you've never prayed, I'm encouraging you to talk to Jesus. Simply say, Jesus, will you show me who you are? Make that your prayer. That makes something that simple your prayer. Stop making it so complicated. Jesus, you are my source. You are the, the source of life. And so in this moment, in my doubt, in my shame, in my guilt, just like Adam and Eve, in shame and guilt, they thought in that moment that their sin could separate them from God's love. And we've been doing it literally ever since the Garden of Eden. I can't go to church. God might smite me. What? People are dumb, but God isn't. You can quote me on that one if you want to. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Jesus is our source. And you cannot have a relationship with somebody you don't talk to. I'm encouraging you. I'm challenging you. I'm saying, please do this. Talk to Jesus. If you have absolutely no idea beyond help, amen. If you want more options, there's literally an app called Pray First. It's an amazing app. It's done by Church of the Highlands. It's great. It's frustrating, but it's great. But there's literally prayers that are written out in there. There was the other day, I pulled a prayer up, and I'm literally saying it out loud. I'm like, man, that's good stuff. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful conviction. And God, thank you for, wow, thank you for in this moment overwhelming me with the fact that your love is greater than my shame, that your love is greater than my guilt, that your love is actually greater than my sin. If you don't believe that is to be true, then you have a, such a very low view of who God is. Your shame, your guilt, your sin can never be greater than who God is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. You are a God who loves, a God who is kind. You are a God who is of uplifting. You are love. You are joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithful, faithfulness, and you have self-control. Jesus, I thank you that your character cannot change, that you desire relationship with everyone in this room that you desire a relationship with everyone at Auto University, that you desire a relationship with everybody in the state of Kansas, that you require, you, you desire relationship with everybody in the U.S., you desire relationship with everybody in the world. 
God, I pray that we would be conduits of helping other people see your love, other people see your grace. God, may we recognize that you are the source and may we understand that we can talk to you like you're in the room. Jesus, thank you for all this you've done. In your name I pray, amen.